0: Toronto Blue Jays head home from Detroit after a 6-0 win over the Tigers. They've taken two of three from the Tigers this weekend. It is Blue Jays Talk with Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. The numbers to call, 416 870 Star 590, one 590 is the text line. And there is plenty. Plenty to talk about, uh, starting with Gabriel Moreno making his Major League debut. Uh, Jose Barrios and Kevin Gossman, both, I think, having starts that maybe, maybe, even though it's against the Tigers, maybe settled some concerns. Uh, Vladdy had a good weekend, two homers, a double. Kevin Barker, I'm going to bring you in. Let's start by talking about about Gabriel Moreno because this was the story going into the weekend, the Jays' top prospect. Clearly, they've brought him up to catch. They're not going to leave him on the bench. I mean, we knew that, but he's made two starts back-to-back. Looked good behind the plate from, from where I am. So what is your read, your early read, And we're asking callers this as well. Your early read in Gabriel Moreno.
1: Uh, He looks as advertised, I believe. Uh, He looks athletic, which is uh, first and foremost. He looks like he can move around behind the plate. We saw that. He looks like a a solid blocker. Uh, He's got solid footwork behind the the plate. He he can get to a quick release. We saw that arm strength. eh, I think that's solid. It's not great. But you know his footwork makes up for that. Uh, his little his little uh, funky hand mo- motion that he has at the plate that's weird. That's different. Now it's very hard to explain it. You know we'll we'll dig into this a little bit more tomorrow on Blair and Barker. But so so people can see it, it is a little different. You can see him. Maybe he's not born with with tremendous power, but you can see that just the hand movement. Sometimes he's a little late getting the barrel out in front of the plate. and You can see that's probably why he doesn't create as much backspin as I'd like him to create but you know he's a up the middle the other way guy he's got a level swing i did notice at 22 years old he's got a two strike approach that's odd not too many guys especially at the big league level your first couple of bats you get the two strikes you got something to work with he he eliminates his little leg kick he he straightens out his barrel a little bit more just so he can throw the barrel at the baseball he you know, he's, he's not trying to you know to take certain pitches he's trying to expand to put the ball in play you know he's got he's got enough bat speed. I I think he's exactly what everybody was saying he was. You know he's he's uh. I would rather him not hit eighth. I don't think that's a good thing for a young guy to come up and hit eighth. I know they're trying to say that that takes pressure off of him. Look, he's the top prospect. Everybody thinks. She, er, Where would you put him? Fifth? I don't I, well, I don't know. Matt Chapman's not in the game. I, look, it's anywhere but eighth. Like, like, again, it's when you get caught up, I get it. You're trying to get his feet wet, and you're trying to make him as comfortable as possible, and you don't want to disrupt everybody else. But, man, if he's as good offensively as everybody says he is, especially against lefties when you're struggling against lefties as a team, is the way they were. Obviously, they didn't today because they had a better approach. But I would just like to see him – this is me picking. I'd like to see him a little further up in the lineup. But, again, this – This gets back to the depth that they do have at this position. You know, he's not going to hurt their team, which is a giant deal when you come up on a contending team who's not trying to miss a beat by calling you up. And you be able to put the fingers down and and have the pace and and the timing and and just keep Ross Stripling in the game like he did today. And, oh, by the way, he caught the split finger yesterday, and it looked like he'd been catching it forever. So, you know, he's, again, it's sort of what the doctor ordered when when they called him up, I think.
0: So, Ross Stripling – Has, in his last two starts, taken the mound after a Blue Jays loss. And in both cases, he's delivered, I would say, delivered handsomely for the Blue Jays. I said to you, before he came on the air, that I I said, you know, um, boy, that's exactly what you want out of your fifth starter. And you said, what makes you think he's your fifth starter? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Again, he, he his last two starts have been against Kansas City and Detroit, so it's not as if he's had to run the gauntlet. But, Kevin, do you have more faith in him right now than you do, I don't know, let's say you say Kikuchi?
1: I do, yes. Uh, let's just look at how he did today. His pace was good, which is a big deal. Pace, when you talk about a guy's pace is good, that means he's more worried about where he wants to throw the ball on, and instead of worrying about how he's getting the ball there, which is all that mechanics and everything that goes into trying and releasing the baseball. And I just mentioned his mechanics. They look smooth to me, even out of the stretch, which sometimes you know, is his little bugaboo when he's trying to aim some pitches and he's trying to really force his good misses, which is what he has, has to have when you're throwing 91 to 93. Uh, his confidence is in secondary pitches. Uh, that's a giant deal when you don't throw as hard. If you've got a couple of those that you can go to and put it in that hitter's mind that you'll throw it in any count and be unpredictable. Look, anybody can come on this show and go oh, he's unpredictable, which means you're sprinkling around uh, all of these different kinds of pitches in any count. For me, you look at two counts. You look at O-O and you look at two strikes. O-O, he would, he would throw, What it, today, he threw four different pitches. He threw a four-seamer, a change, a slider, and a curveball. Just by that right there if I'm a hitter and I'm trying to be aggressive early in the count and I know now that a guy has confidence enough to throw you know what is that that's a fastball and three different uh, secondary pitches that puts it in my mind now that look I gotta c- try to to figure out how to to uh, at least cover the entire plate if I want to if I don't I'm gonna fall behind and then what he does with two strikes he's got three different pitches he's got a fastball away he's got a fastball up and he's got a changeup. And that changeup for me now is not a pitch. It's a weapon. When, you're allowed, when you can throw that pitch to righties and lefties, it has sync to it. It has good arm speed to it. You can't tell the difference between that and your fastball. And it's that big difference between the mile per hour in your fastball and your changeup. Good luck. And it's looking exactly the way it's looking now in this last couple of starts.
0: Plenty to talk about with regards to the Blue Jays starting pitching after good starts from Jose Burrios and Kevin Gossman. But as we said, most of the focus this weekend, understandably, on Gabriel Moreno. We know that Danny Jansen's out for a while with a fracture. Moreno is the top prospect in the organization. Steve from Hamilton, you've got an interesting question about Moreno. I don't want you to put it to me. I want you to put it to Barker, and I also... If you're listening, the numbers are 416-870-0590, star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. 590 I want you, the listeners, to answer Steve's question. So, Steve, hit it right out the gate.
2: I caught Gabby's games down in Buffalo for a month, and he was good. I, I saw that night he hit 4 for 5 and walked it off. And uh, what I wanted to know, Kevin, is uh, what are the merits of uh, carrying three, three catchers into the playoffs and deep in the season versus another pitcher when we have this particular team with these guys uh kirk's hitting we can dh them rest them day coming back and uh i see I, I don't know i just i think it might be the way to go to have a little bit of pop at that position late steve in the you want in the playoff
0: you're basically asking if moreno should be this team's main catcher right
2: basically um, well i i like the i like the way we can platoon a bit i just say that like whoever's hot goes in you know, and in the playoffs, this matters. To like, rather than giving up and out for your number nine guy, who's usually your catcher, to have that little extra something there might be the difference. If we carry three, because we we're good at pitching, we will get Ryu back. It looks out, it looks good down the line if we carry three, to me.
1: It does. That's, that's a great uh, – thanks for the call, Steve. That, that's, a, that's a great point by Steve, th- what he made. This, for me, gets back to Kirk. It's, it's can Kirk give you – which, you know, they basically told you without telling you that he's going to have issues of catching three days in a row because he hasn't done it all year. And how, how is that going to look when Danny Jansen gets back? Would you carry three catchers? And would Gabriel Moreno get enough time behind the plate with Danny Jansen? Because Danny Jansen ain't the agent. Uh, he's just not offensively he you know he just doesn't have enough to tank he's a one sided kind of guy he's a little got a little all or nothing in your swing you, you know you could take it or leave it when it comes to the offensive side of it, but defensively, all the things that he brings behind the plate and certain guys that he likes to 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 catch and and they like to throw to that would be the question is could you get enough of him behind the plate to keep him sharp, keep him fresh, teach him enough at the big league level so when you do roll into the playoffs, it warrants. You know, giving him a roster spot, and that'll be the big thing here down the stretch. If that's – Jeff, I don't know about you, but if that's the only thing the Blue Blue Jays this year have to worry about is, you know, carrying an extra really good player on their team – you know, that's, that's, not, that's not a lot to worry about. But look, first impressions, that's that's sort of everything here. And first impressions will tell you, if anything, that he's not going to hurt your team. And that's the big deal here was they needed to see enough, I think, that you could get a raw stripling through a start with setups and when he wants to throw certain pitches and how much he wants to throw that. And, you know, even if you had to, with, with Gabriel Marino, uh, know enough to be able to throw a certain pitch three times in a row. It's just little things like that that he's shown you today after today that he's he's capable of doing that and now i'm sure that offense will catch up and he'll get used to how they're trying to throw him and what he wants to try and do but this is a great problem to have they got some really yeah. good players that they got to figure out what they want to do with them
0: and obviously you know folks on social media already after one game were asking okay does this open options when danny jansen does come back and of course when we say options that's code word for can they trade one of these guys for something else i you know, look. Uh, I Alejandro Kirk's one of your best hitters right now. I t- to me, he's almost put himself. I would wouldn't say anybody's untradable, but I, I think what you were looking for for Alejandro Kirk, that value's gone up a lot. Like that, that value's gone up. I'm 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 trading. If if I'm going to trade him, it's got to be somebody who comes in and wins the World Series for me or makes me a better team. Nothing nothing stopgap or anything like that. I I said this a couple of times, Kevin. This this organization, if it plays its cards right, is set up behind the plate for the next decade, and you are going to need because there's going to come a time where Teo and Bo and Vladdy are going to get, have to get paid a ton of money, and you're going to need a guy like Moreno contributing offensively, not making much money. Same thing with Kirk, Danny Jansen, because he's a little ahead of them, he's going to be a little costly just by by uh, by uh, on the basis of his of his experience. So you got to play this a little carefully. It would help if one of them was if one of them was, was left-handed. But, Kevin, I'll tell you what. Here's your three-catcher thing. Here's your three-catcher thing. I would not at all, I would not at all mind having Moreno and Jansen split the catching duties and Kirk is my everyday DH. If he's going to keep hitting this way, I'm not saying remove him from the catching situation completely, but if he's going to keep hitting this way, it doesn't matter to me. If Alejandro Kirk hits this way, lefties, righties, guys who throw in the middle, doesn't matter.
1: I guess maybe uh, the 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 everyday DH thing I'm just not sure Alejandro Kirk at his age is capable of doing that. Occasionally like they're doing with him now, you mix in a, a a you know, a both sides of the ball play day, he might have that two times in a row and then you give him a couple of DH days in a row. So when he he is behind the plate now you can DH George Springer, Vladdy Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., whoever you wanted to do to sprinkle that around, I'm with you there. It's just you got to be careful first couple of games, falling in love with a guy, and sort of you have to figure out if if this is the right way to go when it comes to does it warrant a roster spot. And and trading a catcher, say one of them gets hurt after you trade one of them. Who who? Where's the depth at? Now now you're yeah. now you're relying on Zach is of the world. It, say it happens in September. Somebody gets hurt. Now you have to have a guy on your roster in the playoffs who you really don't want. You've got to be careful there. As I expected, almost
0: all the calls about are about Gabriel Moreno. We'll get to the pitching after the top of the hour. Brad from Barry, I want to bring you in. You've got some thoughts about Moreno.
3: Well, I just Barker's last there about uh, you know catcher getting injured. I mean, we know then in the course of just a couple of games, you could be down to one catcher in a hurry. A ball bounces the wrong way, and silly things happen. I, I coach high school baseball, and I always look to try and keep three catchers uh, as, as you know as much as you can for that reason. Uh, just with Moreno, he offers you so many different uh, things just from what you see in just this small uh, sample. And my thing is, is you know, I, I get it. He may have some kind of hiccup uh, that you're mentioning as a as a hitter, but I mean this guy's got speed. He's a very good athlete. Uh, opportunities he gets, he's throwing guys out. Uh, he offers the Jays more athleticism to an already a very athletic team. I mean this team is ten or eleven games above 500 because they are so athletic. We don't need them to hit home runs. We need to get you get this guy on base and and, and from the eight spot, he's almost in the double leadoff spot there and and. He's going to move, help move that, turn that lineup over, I would feel, when he, when he gets off opportunity to play. I get it, he's not playing every day, but just it just offers the Jays just a little bit of extra athleticism that they already have. You know, just and a Brad, little bit more, right?
0: Yeah, Brad, I don't know about you, and Kevin, I want to bring you in here as well. He is going to be a catcher, but when you see him play, you understand why the organization might have given him a couple of games at third base in the minors. You understand because of the athleticism, don't you?
3: But, well, what? This is, this, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Barker. Oh, no, no, go, go, go,
1: Brad. You go first. Go ahead, Brett.
3: Well, I'm, ahead, j- Brad. I, I'm just gonna say, like, I, I and I didn't, I that's something I wasn't really even aware of. I, I just feel that the Jays, I mean, when they get themselves a, in the jam, and their manager is really good at this. I mean, the other day that you know just to give you know their third baseman a shot, you got Espinal now playing third base, and I mean he does a really good job of that. And uh, you know, they're the the, the, the Jays are really good at putting guys in the right spots at the right time. And, and, and at the same time, making it a little bit fun for the guys. I know it's professional baseball. I get all that. But the Jays can give you many different looks. This, this team's a handful. That's, that's what I see. And, yeah, I'm a Jays fan, but that's, we haven't seen this in a long time, in my opinion
1: brad thanks I,
0: for the call kev
1: i want you to jump in absolutely that's, that's a great call for for me I, I i think it's a little silly to to have him playing third base and i know why they were doing it because when they did call him up because of his age they did not want him dh in a ton so when he wasn't behind the plate because of his bat to ball skills and the things he could do offensively uh, with two strikes we've seen that he, he's got a two-strike approach i laughed at that when i saw that for the first time because he's uh, because of his age because of how grown up that looks but I want him behind the plate when he's not behind the plate. You sort of maybe give him a day off, especially on this team with Kirk. This is sort of the, the the great thing that they can go about how to to develop him and still win because of the guys around him. And that that's the special thing here is he's going to have to have some development, right, getting everybody through some tough spots, going to the American League East, going to Boston, going to New York, a different kind of animal. And it's just sort of fun. I'm with Brad. It's fun to see athleticism all over the field.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I I want to get uh, our next caller on because um, I, I want to talk about Kevin Bidjo and I know when we come back from the break, we're going to focus a lot on Brios and Gossman because I thought those that was look you you beat two you take the Tigers you take two or three games from the Tigers that to me is no big deal, but what I saw to those two starting pitchers. I thought was really, really important. Maybe the most important thing this weekend in, in addition to Moreno. uh from Burlington, you want to talk about Kevin Biggio. And, I, and I'm glad you do because I made a note just before we came on air. Don't forget Biggio. So have at it with Barker.
2: Yeah, so I guess, guys, my question honestly is um, uh, kind of two parts. So obviously like a dramatic change from his hitting approach earlier in the season since he's come back. Um, and just curious as to what you think has led to, to the success, but then also is it something that you see being sustainable with, it, just in your opinion?
0: Oh, that's a great question. Coming into this game, uh, Kevin Biggio was 9 for his last 32. He had an 827 OPS. He'd gone 24 plate appearances without a strikeout. That streak ended uh, today when he was called out looking. But, Kevin, I'll I'll, I'll turn it over to you because if Kevin Biggio – Can do this. That might
1: help solve some of your balance issues. The simple answer is he has to. Uh, He he knows now that if he doesn't perform on both sides of the ball, which means he can play multiple positions and at least give them a competitive at bat, he's not going to be in the big leagues. That that's sort of what they're telling everybody on that team. You know, there's certain guys who are going to have are are able to have some hiccups and still stay at the big league level. Kevin's not one of them. He's going to have to give you better competitive at bats, and he's been doing that. And Maybe it's the standing a little bit straighter up and down through his swing. You know, he is a, a guy that bends over at the waist through his swing, which creates that big giant loft trying to get the ball in the air, you know, the the analytics part of it and the the uppercut in your swing. He's already got a natural uppercut because, because he's a lefty, but he's trying to create more of that. And you saw the, the league get caught up to that, starting to throw elevated fastballs. Looks to me like he still has issues with that, but it maybe if you try and not swing as many of them, that will give the pitcher a chance to mess up and maybe leave a ball down, which is sort of the way he's looked the last week or so of his games. But I'm with you. Cavin's one of those guys not going to hurt your team either. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's one of those. We t- we talk about Moreno behind the plate, the way he looks. Kevin's one of those guys. He's a lunch bell guy. He'll give you everything he's got. He's going to catch the balls he's supposed to catch most of the time in the field, which is what you want for your 25th or 26th guy. But I will say this. When you're hitting under 200 and you see the shortstop standing on the right of second base, there's nobody on the left side of the infield bunt. You're hitting under 200. Figure out how to do that. That can keep you on the field a little bit longer. That will straighten out defenses. That will allow you to not have to be perfect mechanically at the plate. Now you can get some cheaper hits. But I don't mind Kevin. I like Kevin on a a contending team, and they're going to give him a chance because they need to give other guys days off, and he's right-handed, and he can play first. He can play second. He can play right field. In a pinch, he can play third. He's got some value on this team for sure. 416-870-0590,
0: 416-870-0590, star 590, 590 As always is the text line, the Jays have shut out the Detroit Tigers. 6 nothing. they're home for a four-game tilt against the Baltimore Orioles. We'll take a deeper dive into Jose Barrios and Kevin Gossman's weekends. We'll go back to the phone lines as well. This is Blue Jays Talk with Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: 0 one Ground ball in the middle, up and through. Base hit, center field, Lourdes Goriel Jr., he'll drive it a pair. Kirk scores, Espinall scores. Another multiple hit game for Lourdes Goriel Jr., he's driven in three, and the Blue Jays
0: have opened it up in the eighth, nothing. Oh my goodness, you love those add-on runs. Your Charlie Montoyo, all those add-on runs—they allow you to even use your bullpen in a more efficient manager than you may have wanted. Great opportunity to give Simber, give Richards a day off. I mean, anytime Kevin, you're you're winding up a series and you go to your closer because you need your closer to get work. That's that's not a bad that's not a bad thing. And um, go ahead.
1: It's amazing how uh, good Lourdes is when he's confident. You can see at the plate when he takes pitches, you he, he can see it out of the hand. And he believes in what he's doing off the field will translate on the field. And you have a little success and you start gaining some confidence because it doesn't look like he's doing anything different. He's still standing as far off the plate as he was. He's still swinging at certain pitches that he was swinging at three weeks ago. But now he's starting to barrel those baseballs up because he's got more confidence. It's amazing what happens when you got that. And now the Bet365
0: standings update. With Bet365, you can bet in things like player props totals or the money line across many different sports 19 plus play responsibly <clears throat> Ontario only <clears throat> stop me if you've heard this before but the New York Yankees basically pummeled the Chicago Cubs 18 to 4 today the Yankees are 44 and 16 they're winning percentage of 733 they're nine and one over their last 10 the Blue Jays 35 and 24 Kevin they're eight and a half back you're 11 games over 500 you're eight and a half back stay hot tampa bay's 34 and 25 they're nine and a half back boston they are 31 and 29 13 back the orioles who will open a four game series against the jays they are 25 and 35 the orioles raising as we mentioned the yankees all of them all of them won today kevin that is remarkable that 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 is a remarkable run from the New York Yankees. They' are 28 games over 500. They have a run differential of
1: 127. It's amazing what how good you can be by getting good starting pitching or if not great starting pitching and hit a bunch of homers. That's what 2022 is all about. If you can do those two things, you're going to win a bunch of games.
0: 416 870 590 888 star 590 590 590 is the text line. Kevin Barker and myself are with you until 5.30. The Blue Jays, 6-0 winners over the Detroit Tigers this afternoon. They've taken two of three from the Tigers. Kevin, in addition to what we saw today, we do have to talk about what we saw from Jose Barrios on Friday and Kevin Gossman yesterday. Now... Jose Barrios, uh, eight innings, five hits, five strikeouts, 102 pitches. Uh, It was a solid start from him, five strikeouts. He had just seven swinging strikes. But do you get the sense, Kevin, that whatever was ailing Jose Barrios has been,
1: at least it's stabilized now and we're starting to see more of the guy we used to see? Tough call, it's a tough call. You know, he he was facing the worst offensive team in, in all of baseball. I will say this: that the from the first pitch to the last pitch, he maintained velocity, which is a big deal for him. As much as he spins it with the curveball, and now he's spinning it with the sinker sinker off the fingers that maintained velocity of the fastball where he doesn't have as big a difference between the sinker and the four seamer, It's a big deal for a hitter. You know, you got to cheat a little bit at start to open up the front hip, allow him to miss a little bit more with the curveball. Uh, it looked to me like he was a little bit more connected. Connected helps him a lot with, it's just sort of that anchor when he lifts his front leg and that anchor with the foot that's on the rubber, when he sets that and he can stay connected and that allows him to get to a little bit better finish allows him to have the ball roll off his fingers. That's why you're seeing the sinker move more. That's why you're seeing the breaking ball move more. That's why you're seeing when he does throw the changeup, it moves a lot more. And that two-seamer that he's starting to throw to lefties, that's a weapon now. And when he can throw all four of those in an outing instead of just be limited to one or two of them, he's a much better hitter. But ask me this question the next time he starts against a good team. This will be t- the, the the tail when he's facing, who's this next start against uh, the well, Baltimore. Yeah, start, well, that's so. not a good one either. So, so let's, I'll let's, ask you the question in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's wait until he faces a good team, see if he can do all those kind of things. But this will give him confidence that now he knows if he can do it this way, good things will happen. Kevin Gossman yesterday
0: working with Gabriel Moreno. Of course, all this talk about pitch tipping—I'm beginning to to kind of come along with you. It may not have been pitch tipping as much as as it was just the whole the the tunneling and the arm angle, uh, but you know, yesterday certainly appeared to at least correct uh, correct some of those issues. Again, you know, we're not talking about the best team in, in Major nope. League Baseball, but did you like what you saw from Kevin Gossam? What do you have? Fifteen string uh, swinging strikes, eleven of them on the splitter. Did you think that the splitter he's talked about in the past the splitter he wants to go he wants it to go through the strike zone. He doesn't want the splitter to end up in the strike zone. We've talked about maybe one of the changes he'd want to make is throw the splitter in
1: the zone a little more. Did you see that yesterday? a little a little i i did see him move the fastball around a little bit more all quadrants instead of just elevating the heater if, again if these these are elite hitters that make adjustments every start they go back and watch video and see that the only time he throws his fastball is around the belt well that pretty much says out of the hand, you could recognize that. That was my point about he's not tipping his pitches. Now I'm sure they were digging into all the little things, and they may have changed a couple of things. I do know that him throwing the slider a little bit more will put, which he did yesterday, he threw 18 sliders, which is enough to put it in a good hitter's mind that i got to respect that. i got to – at least he has enough confidence that he'll throw that. You mentioned the split finger. He threw 35 of those. He threw 19 for strikes. He only had one – called strike on the split finger. That will tell you that he is starting the split finger a little higher. Probably not. I Again, this is, you know, and, and that gets back to maybe the seeing it out of the hand a little higher will tell you it's a heater. Seeing the hand out of the hand a little lower, that will tell you it's the split finger. It's still a work of progress. You can see this again. We, we need to take this with a grain of salt when these things are happening against the worst hitting team in all of baseball. Let's see him do it against a really good team, a team in the American League East where he can throw the slider when he wants to, he can make it look like a strike, he can have it diving off the plate to a right-handed hitter, and now he can throw the split finger in a split finger count and get the result that he wants, and then maybe we can have a different conversation.
0: Well, Ross Stripling certainly did his part today for the Blue Jays. He's now tossed 11 scoreless innings. As I mentioned, he has started in his last two starts after the Blue Jays have lost games, and there is something to be said. I'm not saying that if you lose today and you've got a two-game losing streak against the Tigers or coming out of Detroit, it's necessarily going to become a three-game streak with Detroit coming in, but you sure like to have that guy, Kevin, that can go out there after a game and at least stabilize things and give you a chance. Six innings, one hit, four strikeouts for Ross Stripling, Brendan, and Winnipeg. Uh, you got some questions about Ross Stripling's use going forward.
3: Yeah, I mean to me he's really been the the most important pitcher on this staff, being able to pitch in all situations, whatever Charlie Montoya throws at him. I mean and being able to throw strikes today in, in all parts of the zone. I'm just wondering going forward, do you look at putting him in long term in the rotation over Hunjin Ryu?
1: That's a great point. Thanks for the call. I, I would I would think this is probably gonna get down to the point where they don't have a choice and, and Ross is only helping by, by going out and doing the things he, he is he's doing, yeah. I, I did listen to him a couple of uh, starts ago. He had an interview, and he said expectations are high here, and he wants to be one of the guys that helps them get where they want to go. There's something to that Jeff. There's a lot that goes to when a guy goes to the mound. There's a sense of urgency where you know it's just not me fighting for my career and being the guy that I want to be and making the most money that I can possibly make. But we got something special here. Like I want I don't want to be the the, the guy that everybody dreads to to see walk to the mound and you could sort of see the confidence and the mechanics and everything that goes into giving your team a chance to win which is what they always say that that you know I sort of like that like it's and again he gets back to we've said this and I've said this a lot he's uh, impossible not to root for it's just everything that they ask him to do, which is impossible to do, all the things that they've asked him and actually go out and perform at a high level against some really good teams and try and do this in the American League East. And I know his last two starts are against who they were against, but still, like to have enough confidence to go out and, and throw a change up three times in a row when you throw 91 to 93 miles an hour it says something to the confidence you have, the pace that you have, the mechanics that you finally mastered that you think you can repeat things over and over and over again and you're not tipping your pitches says a lot about the guy's character and about who he wants to be and what he wants to help try and help this team do it's yeah for me right now he is their number four starter how's that Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and and I think the I think the question thanks for the call Brandon I think the question that was put forward by uh, Dan Shulman during the telecast today Maybe we got to start looking at that. We, you know, he's, he's talked about, we, we, we kind of line up the things we think the Blue Jays need to do and the things they need to look for uh, in the trade market. Maybe you've ought, maybe you're almost, and I'm not saying you'd make this a priority, but maybe you need that guy to replace Ross, what Ross Stripling was doing for you in the bullpen. Maybe you need to find that guy. Cause I, cause I'm with you, Kevin, I've got. Regardless of the competition right now, I have confidence in Ross Stripling giving me at least having a shot at getting me through five innings. And Ryu, I think, look, I we haven't heard, I don't think, anything definitive yet from that second opinion. I've got to think if you're the Blue Jays, it's not that you don't, you don't wish anything, you don't wish any harm to Hyunjin Ryu. But at this point, you're basically saying take your time. Take sure. all the time you need and then add another month onto it to take even more time. Uh, but again, that with every move like this, there is, you know, there, there's a trickle down very quickly because we didn't mention this earlier. I have not heard anything more. I don't know what you're hearing, Kevin, about Matt Chapman being out with a sore right wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you mentioned, Santiago Espinal started third base today. It was interesting. Jordan Groshans normally third, or who? Uh, Jordan Groshans, the Triple A, started today at first base. I don't know if this means they're getting ready to bring him up and part of the things they want to do with Jordan Groshans is make sure you can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but, um, but, you know, a sore right wrist. This is a guy who we have talked about. He's made – he hasn't had a lot of luck, but he's made hard contact. I don't know. Do you see that as a cause for concern?
1: I do. Any Anytime you talk about anybody's hands or, or wrists, it's a big deal, especially big guys like he is and the elite defender that he is moving all over the place. I mean, heck, he plays on one side of the field by himself in the shift. Like, the, they ask things from him that's freakish. And whenever you hear that, you know, especially with his throwing hand. Now, top hand, that that would be his top hand hitting. Uh, maybe that would force him to let the ball travel a little bit more at, to, to, you know, maybe force him a little bit more to, to stay through baseballs more. But he needs a trigger. Maybe that will for what it will force him into doing is you now you need a little something going back to get it going forward to maximize collision, which he does not. You see him a lot of, a lot of times he is very handsy and very straight armed when he makes contact with the baseball. That's because he gets out in front a ton. He opens up the front side, he loses his lower half because he doesn't have a trigger. But yeah, he's an elite of the elite defenders. Anytime he is not out there it's going to put a lot more pressure on the depth that you do have because they're a better defensive team, Jeff, you know, with Santiago Espinal playing second and Matt Chapman playing third. Not Matt Chapman on the bench and Santiago no. Espinal playing third. I'm not taking away from anything from Santi because he's a great defender. But they are a much better defensive team with those two people playing the positions that they would like to play.
0: Yeah, Matt Chapman is a game changer defensively. Yep. I, that's kind of the way I viewed him. Lourdes Gurriel, Jr., Today, uh, double and single drove in a couple of runs. Sorry, drove in three runs today. In addition, of course, to Vladdy's home run and and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. had one of the big hits in that that uh, that that third inning. That kind of that kind of sent the Jays. I'm sorry, in the fourth inning, that sent the Jays on the way to victory yesterday. And Lawrence from Toronto, he wants to talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. in particular. And well, Lourdes, you have a question for both Kevin and myself. Please go ahead and ask yeah, yeah. it.
2: Well, you know, at the beginning of the year, of course, everybody's talking about who you needed to trade. And they always talked about Lourdes because of his contracting, which I kind of found kind of confusing because, the audience, as you've already mentioned, you've got to have the uh, Gladian foe to deal with. So you need to keep your uh, lineup in a manageable force. But anyways, Lourdes, I knew he was going to get – he's a streaky player. He's always been a streaky player. And the good news is – He's always been a streaky player in the second half of the season. So he may even be doing himself a favor right now and getting started. So what do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll jump in here. I thought, said at the start of the year I thought Lourdes Goriel Jr. was going to be the guy who was going to sort of, I, I wouldn't call it a breakout, but he was the guy I expected to see an increase in offensive production from this year. I really did. Uh, I, I think the thing to remember is when, when people talk about Lourdes' contract, they're not talking about you need to trade him because of their contra- because of his contract. It's just such a damn good contract right now. It's such a good value for this team. And, you know, it's also, as a result of that, it's also a good value for any team looking to acquire him. So I think what people were saying when it came to trading Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is, look, uh, we know that this organization thinks it needs to get another impact left-handed bat in here. it thought that two years ago, going back to Michael Brantley. That was one of the reasons it wanted to trade for Jose Ramirez. They need another impact bat in here. You need more swing-and-miss stuff at the back end of the bullpen. I think we all agree on that. So the question becomes, what do you have to trade? Well, you've got a little bit of depth at catching. You've got a lot of depth at catching in particular, but we've already seen when Danny Jansen goes down, that depth isn't as great as you think it might be. Uh, you really don't have any depth in, in terms of starting pitching that you want to look at trading. You know, back end of the bullpen, you've got a bunch of guys that, frankly, I don't think there are a lot of teams in baseball that necessarily be falling all over themselves trying to acquire. Your infield depth is Kevin Biggio. He's an okay guy. He's not going to get you anything. The outfield, you've got Springer, who's here forever. You've got Tayosker and Lourdes Goriel Jr. So, Kevin, I think it was just a matter by the process of elimination. You're looking at who might other teams want. And as much as Lourdes seems to have kicked it into gear a little bit here, if you're asking me, who do do I need to move or who would I consider moving on this team, assuming I don't want to trade any of my prospects, assuming I don't want to trade Relvis Martinez, who do I have right now that I would move for an everyday left-handed bat or a a lights-out, and I mean lights-out reliever. I'm not talking about another Adam Simber or Trevor Richards. I'm talking about a guy that might be able to close for me in the ninth inning. I mean, Lourdes is kind of the available guy, Kevin.
1: Why we were talking about Lourdes and and his contract is you're trying to get Jose Ramirez and you're sending him back to Cleveland, and Cleveland's one of those teams that's not a high-market team. They're going to spend a ton of money. That's why that contract looked good to throw him in a trade with, say, an Alejandro Kirk and a and, and whoever, Nate Pearson, and, and add another guy. That was sort of the, the talk on why you would send him there to get exactly what you wanted. But but I'm with the caller. Like, it's it, you know, he is a very streaky second-half hitter. Now, if you remember when Teoscar Hernandez got hurt, so, different players handle pressure in different kinds of ways. And you could tell he was pressing, he was trying too much, he was expanding. Uh, He's a long-limbed guy. Whenever you expand, if you're a long-limb guy, you've got to be compact, and those hands got to be close to your body. And when they're not, they look like you're casting. Anybody that's ever went fishing before knows what casting looks like. You put a bat in your hand, you trying to hit 98 doing that. It's going to look like it looked for about a, you know, 125 at bat span there. Now he just looks like, for me anyway, he's more confident. He's back down where he should be. There's not a ton of pressure on him. He can just go out there and sort of be himself. He's got that mindset of up the middle the other way which adds that right direction to his hands. And hopefully he gets hot and stays hot. And maybe this is, you know, you talked about that, that getting that Ross Stripling guy out of the bullpen. Well, the offense getting hot for me has simplified that and sort of not made that position as big a deal as it would be if the offense wasn't getting hot. Because now you're thinking about you're never out of a game because everybody's starting to look like, you know, sort of they're getting their feet wet and everything's falling into place numbers-wise, and that will hide some woes that you may have and that guy coming out of the bullpen. So, yeah, continue to stay hot and do the things you're doing at the bottom of the order. Makes your lineup longer, makes it tougher to managers to, to match up later in games, which is what you want. In September and October, hopefully he's a second-half streaky guy. He can help carry this team for a little while. 416-870-0590,
0: star 590, one 666-0590. Kevin, let's talk about Vladdy a little bit here. Five for 14, two home runs and a double. Uh,
1: any any signs of a resurgence your way of thinking? Today was the best swing I've seen him take on the home run since the three-homer game against the Yankees and Garrett Cole. I, I will say that. You just He didn't look like he was thinking about anything. I have an approach that I know that the lefty on the mound sooner or later wants to get me out in. I'm going to try and have as good a plate awareness as I can. I'm going to take the one in off the plate, which you know is sort of the approach if I get it on, on the plate. That's all I'm going to think about, and now all the work that I've done off the field – It'll take care of itself by just me getting a better pitch to hit. Now, he don't like breaking ball. <laughs> he's like that Joe Boo guy in that movie, Major League. He, you know, why is this guy not been signed? Throw him a breaking ball, and he sort of looks like that. I mean, he's hitting somewhere around 200 off the breaking ball. He need to clean that up a little bit. You know, he's how do you one do of that, the, that. Kevin, how do you do that? Stop swinging at it. You don't okay, have to. You're going to have to explain
0: that because listeners are going to be sitting there saying, okay, Barker wants him to hit more in the breaking ball. No Why no 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 ball. no
1: no 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. So to n- nobody, Marquis Grissom used to always tell me this when I was for, my first year in the big leagues. You're not gonna make a living off the hitting the breaking ball. You can hammer the heater. And I tell you all the time when you ask me about a certain guy, Moreno. I said, get in an athletic position as soon as you can, and get ready to hit velocity, which allows you to recognize spin out of a pitcher's hand better, which in turn allows you to lay off a strike to ball breaking ball, which is what we're seeing. Vladdy not able to do so. He's him mechanically being sounder all with his lower half being able to get the foot down on time and and recognize spin out of the hand which he's not been able to do that's my point and that will allow him to get in better hitters counts which means they'll have to be a little bit more on the plate with the breaking ball and that means he'll be hitting those balls a little bit harder but yeah look is, has he has he turned the corner here a little bit i i that's a very tough thing to say. Again, it's 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 about the weakness is down and away to a bunch of right-handed hitters. What we've seen the last 15 games, this team these teams can't go down and away. So you're starting to see that's why, you know, the good teams can attack that and bad teams can't. Let's go to the text line to wrap things up. Uh,
0: Kyle and in Ingersoll says, you know, you guys keep talking, not you guys, but people keep talking about how valuable Gurriel is to the team, how valuable his contract is. What about Santiago Espinal and the surplus value you're going to find in that contract? And uh, I, I mean that—that's—that's that's a great point. Santiago Espinal has really—he's turned into more than a useful player in this team, Kevin. He's—he's
1: uh, he's an everyday guy. He—that's the only way to put it. He's an everyday guy and more. He is. Well, he is the second baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays until he shows you offensively that he can't do that anymore. Defensively, he's going to do everything that you expect him to do. When the ball's hit at him, you're out. But offensively, it's. I don't really think anybody expected him to do that. You think you can just go put on 15 pounds of muscle, and all of a sudden now you're you're hitting more homers and you're hitting no. more backspin it's doubles to right center it's field. It doesn't r- always it's really work not. that way. So this is why, you know, let him continue to show you he, he can grow a little bit more offensively, and then you can start talking about, about contracts and, and what he'll bring. But, yeah, uh, yeah, i said this, and I'll say every good team, good contending team needs a surprise. Maybe he's the big surprise for 2022 for the Toronto Blue Jays.
0: I'm going to leave the last word of the day to Barry in Toronto, because Barry in Toronto is hearing all this talk about what the Jays need, and he's saying, "I think we should just keep our powder dry, so to speak. Just let everyone play. This team is only going to get better." And uh, you know, Barry, if his team keeps playing like this. Delay some decisions a little bit. You know, I, I certainly, Kevin, if, if Moreno comes up and is capable of of not you know of, of contributing and not gumming up the works if Espinall keeps this up you're certainly strengthening you're certainly strengthening Ross atkins hands when it comes to the trade the trade market you you really are and that's a that's an important thing nobody likes to go looking to add pieces when it seems as if you're you know you're 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 panicking if your team's doing well it strengthens your hand as it's a general manager
1: it's amazing how when you're starting pitching's really good how your team can look their team looks really good because their starting pitching, for the most part, has been really good. Ross Stripling's been a, a giant surprise. He can t- continue to do that. And they keep hitting homers. Again, this is what 2022's all about. Look at the Yankees. That's what they do. They have mm-hmm. really good starting pitching. They have a, for me anyway, they have a better bullpen than the Toronto Blue Jays. But they hit a bunch of homers. That's that's what it does. It's you, These this pitch, these pitch, pitches that you face are too good to stream together three or four hits in a row. Somebody's got to run into one. And if the Blue Jays continue to do that. I'm with everybody that says this. They're going to be very hard to beat.
0: So here's where we are. The Jays open a four-game series against the Baltimore Orioles starting tomorrow night. Then you got the Yankees in for three games. Sets up to be a very, very interesting week for the Toronto Blue Jays. So the final today from Comerica Park. Toronto 6. The Detroit Tigers nothing. Jays are back home tomorrow for the first of four against the Orioles. We'll be on the air immediately following the Jays game with Jays Talk. And as always, from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan and Sportsnet 360, it will be Blair and Barker. So, thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans.